Then what is wrong? You made me hallucinate. I had visions of you borrowed in this palace place, and some lady fed me fruits and vegetables. Perhaps I should go get Dr. Jack Burroughs stammered through his fear. Dr. Burnham? asked Starr impatiently. He nodded quickly with his head. Yes, go get him. That's a great idea. Starr plunged back into her pillow, trying to escape this madness. Jack Burr raced out of the trailer, only slowing his stride to glance back from time to time, fully expecting Miss Mackenzie to be hopping mad after him. Not long after, the door to the medic trailer sprung open, not from the wind or Jack Burr's hasty return, but from the strong arm of Ibarrit. Oh, that's just great. I need Dr. B, and now you show up. What, is Destiny knocking? Or better yet, did you bring me an email from him? She propped herself up on her elbows and reached out with her right hand. Miss Mackenzie, you need to compose yourself. It is not fitting for a queen of the garden to behave in such manner. Have you forgotten you are one? Have you been drinking Jack Burr's soup too? Queen? I'm not a queen. Miss Mackenzie, last night was no dream. You were in the private chambers of Queen Esther. There is no need to yell at Jack Burra. He has provided you a good remedy. Ibarad's presence acted like oil on her ruffled feathers. Star stared as stunned as Jack Burra only minutes before. Yes, all that is real. The cave, the flask, the scroll, the palace. Star held her breath abruptly. And yes, I was there. Life is more than what you know. For the first time in her life, Star had no response, no quick sarcastic reply. She slid back into bed and closed her eyes. She met the real Queen Esther. To her relief, this thought did not have to linger too long in her mind because a trailer door slammed open and then shut. When Star opened her eyes, she only saw Dr. Burnham and Jack Burra adjusting their eyes to the trailer's light. Ibarad was gone. Miss Mackenzie, are you all right? Jack Burroughs says you've had quite a scare. You know, Dr. B, I'm not sure of anything right now. Can we talk? Certainly. Jack Burroughs, would you give us a few moments alone? Jack Burroughs, who had remained behind the professor until he was sure it was safe to come out, was all too happy to leave the trailer. Right then, said Dr. Burnham as he sat down. How may I help you? Now fully awake, Star felt foolish asking for help. It was all just a bad dream, right? She stared at the professor. Miss Mackenzie, are you all right? Dr. Burnham found Star's silence unusual. Yes, well, no. Do you remember when I woke up yesterday? How could I forget? Well, you said I talked about a cave and a man. Correct. Well, don't think I'm crazy, but... I remember after the storm hit, I woke up in the cave where we found the documents. Some guys dressed in clothes like the ones we see on the carvings brought a vase and hid it in a hole. Then they covered it behind a fake wall. Star braced for the professor's laughter, but it didn't come. Remarkable. Go on. He leaned in and steadied his glasses on his nose. Then that guard guy we found came to protect the cave. I could tell it was him because of his sword. 
a clever deduction. Please continue. Another man came and gave him some kind of orders and that O one O one A paper. They talked a lot, but all I could make out of their words was something about a sacred scroll, protection, enemies, and life. Or was there anything else? Star decided in that moment not to tell him about seeing Ibarred. No, uh, no, nothing else. Truly fascinating, Miss Mackenzie. If we consider that what you said is true, then someone of importance consider the contents of that hidden vase of great value, valuable enough to carefully hide it, and valuable enough to sacrifice one of his own men. But who would make such a decision? I don't know. Star's palms began to sweat as she noticed Ibarad walking outside the medic window.